Enter to win 20 of Book Riot's favorite books of 2017 in an exclusive giveaway that we are running through January 14th. You can check out some selections and enter to win 20 books, 20 great books that Book Riot loved this year. Go to bookriot.com slash bookriottop20, that's the number 2020, to enter. Again, bookriot.com slash bookriottop20. You'll be entering to win 20 of our favorite reads of 2017. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 139, and today we are talking about some of our anticipated releases of 2018. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well-redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. So, we're it's going to be January now when this is... I know. So we're confused. like, I know we're in a weird like time machine situation with these show recordings right now because it's December 15th, but we're recording ahead <laughs> and it's just hard for me to fathom even what life is going to feel like on January 2nd I when the show comes out. Yeah, it's because of the way the holidays are this year, like our recording days and podcast days fall on the holidays. So we're doing everything early. Yeah, I won't mind having, you know, a couple weeks to just relax, but it's weird. Our schedule is just weird. And for some reason in the last couple of weeks, I've reverted to being like, okay, so next year in 2017, and then people have corrected me a couple of times, you mean mean (laughs) 2018? So I'm just resisting the whole thing all the way around. But there are amazing books coming out. I'll feel better once the years are larger than the preceding part of it. So it'll be like 2021 because it feels weird Mm. like saying a smaller number after a larger number. That's just my own personal problem. (laughs) (laughs) I never know what day it is. I have to look at my Instagram story every morning to find out what day of the week it is. So what do I know? I just do whatever my calendar tells me to do that day. (laughs) So there are so many amazing books coming out next year. I made that preview post a couple weeks ago, like 101 books you should write down now, and I had to cut that down from like a list of 500 that I already had. Oh my gosh. And so we're each going to say a couple of things about 10 today. Mm -hmm. And like, you think I'm all nice being like, why don't you talk about these? But actually, I was like, if she talks about these ones that I like, then there's more room for me to talk about ones that I like. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I should say, I haven't read any of mine yet. I'm not like, I'm like still trying to catch up on 2017. So these are ones that I have my eye on. Um, And one of my big titles of the year is um, The Female Persuasion by Meg Wallitzer, which is coming out in the spring, but I've already talked about it on the show once or twice. So I left it off my list today. Um, But yes, you did me a solid by letting me have a couple that we're both really interested in. And I see you. I see you there taking um, more space. (laughs) But I I will kick it off if you would like. Please do. My first pick is short stories. I'm going to try and read more short stories next year. I feel like I didn't read that many this year. Um, It is Ambiguity Machines and Other Stories by Vandana Singh. It's out on February 20th from Small Beer Press. Love them. Has blurbs from some people you might have heard of called Ursula K. Le Guin, Ken oh, Liu. Hey. Yuhan, Yoon Ha Lee gave it a blurb. It's got starred reviews. Um, and they had the description was so great that I just had to read that because I, I haven't read this yet. Um, it says, Sing's deep humanism interplays with her scientific background. I guess she's a, a physics pro- professor, so cool. Oh, cool. Um, her scientific background in stories that explore and celebrate this world and others, and characters who are trying to make sense of the people they meet, what they see, and the challenges they face. 
to like life with mm-hmm. science. So I'm pretty excited about it. this. They had the um oh goodness, I'm completely forgetting the name now. They're, they had a story collection that came out this summer that I absolutely love, Telling the Map by Christopher Rowe. That I loved. So I'm I'm excited about their story collections. Now you tell us about the next one. All right. These are in no particular order. This first one is How to Write an Autobiographical Novel. It's a collection of essays by Alexander Chi, who, as everyone who listens to this show knows, wrote The Queen of the Night, uh, which we both really loved. Um, This comes out in April, on April 17th, and it is a collection of essays that examine the entangling of life, literature, and politics, and how the the lessons learned from a life spent reading and writing fiction have changed Alexander Chi. Um, It explores apparently his life growing from student to teacher, reader to writer, um, dealing with uh, identities as a gay man, a Korean American, as an artist, an activist, um, and dealing with all sorts of other things. Um, He writes about um, jobs that supported his writing, like his day jobs, including tarot card reading, um, cater waitering for William F. Buckley, writing his novel and dealing... um, with the election of Donald Trump. Um, he's just a, such a smart and interesting thinker. Um, Alexander Chi like, writes this beautiful fiction, but then occasionally I see essays of his online that are often about topics I wouldn't have guessed he was going to write about. I think he's just a really, he has a really interesting brain and a really interesting perspective. Um, and I'm looking forward to being surprised by these. So that's How to Write an Autobiographical Novel by Alexander Chi. He's like our, he's like the president of all the books. <laughs> he is our king. <laughs> I think he would want to be like an emperor so he could have a cool robe. Okay. He is the emperor of all the books. Well, Someone we talk about inform him. him. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Um, let me tell you about our first sponsor before we keep rolling down all our right. list. How does that sound? It's As You Wish by Chelsea Sidoti. Sidoti or Sidati. I just got these notes like two minutes before we're recording, and so I apologize for uh, not knowing for sure which way that one goes. Uh, As You Wish is a great book for discussion. It will immediately have you wondering what you would wish for and thinking about long-term consequences of what your wish would be because the book is about what if you could wish for anything and get it. Madison is a small town in the Mojave Desert on the road between nothing and nowhere. It's an unremarkable speck on the map, which is perfect for protecting the town's secret because in Madison, everyone can make one wish on their 18th birthday, and that wish always comes true. Most of Eldon's classmates have had their wishes picked out for months or even years, but not Eldon. He's been, he has seen how wishing has hurt the people around him. His parents' marriage is strained. His sister is a virtual ghost in their house. His ex-girlfriend is dating his ex-friend. So like, where is Eldon even supposed to start? But one thing is for sure, Eldon only has 26 days to figure it out and the rest of his life to live with the consequences. The early praise for this book is in. Booklist is calling it heartbreaking and hilarious. Chelsea's writing style and uh, storytelling have been uh, compared to be great for fans of Jennifer Niven, Jandy Nelson, and Ava Delera. And this is a story that addresses, you know, not just this big concept of what you would wish for and what the consequences might be, but also important teenage issues like choices and consequences in general, family dynamics, friendships, and there's a dash of magical realism just to keep you engrossed all the way until the end. So that's As You Wish by Chelsea Sidoti. You can get Get more information at chelseasidoti.com. That's C H E L S E A 
S-E-D-O-T-I.com. Thanks to them for sponsoring. Yes, thank you. All right, lady, let's roll on. My next pick is Red Clocks by Lenny Zumas. It's out from Little Brown and Company on January 16th. There are some great books out on January 9th, but I figured since it was going to be the next show that we're doing, I think it's Amanda and I, um, mm-hmm. I would save them for then and fit in some other ones because I'm always scheming about talking about more books. Um, but this is Red Clocks. It, this And in the way that The Power was sort of 2017's Handmaid's Tale, um, this will be 2018's Handmaid's Tale. Like, this will be the book that everybody's comparing to it. Uh, it's set in an America in the future where abortion is illegal. Um, the personhood amendment has been passed, which grants life, liberty, and property to every embryo. Um, and it's about five women from very different backgrounds who live in a small town in Oregon and how they're dealing with these laws, um, with their circumstances. And it's, you know, a little futuristic, um, a little alarming, and super fantastic. So, again, it's Red Clocks by Lenny Zumas. All right. This one I'm so excited about. You texted me a month or two ago when we found out that this book was happening, and it was very exciting for both of us. It's The Third Hotel, a new novel by Laura Vandenberg, which comes out in August. We have so long to wait. Uh, But it's (laughs) set in Havana, Cuba, where a widow is trying to come to terms with the death of her husband and the truth about their marriage. Um, It's a psychological reflection and a metaphysical mystery. I love Laura Vandenberg. You all know that she wrote my favorite collection of short stories, what the world will look like when all the water leaves us. And the way that she intermingles like big questions about life with stories that manage to be somehow both grounded in reality and also just a little bit not. Um, I really, really love her writing and I cannot wait to read another novel from her. So that's The Third Hotel by Laura Vandenberg. It's awesome. I got like a whole bunch of books that I was super excited about at one time. So like I'm reading a little bit of that one. I'm reading a little bit of some others that I'm going to tell you about at the end of the show. But uh, she's so good. She's just so good. My next pick is called Brass. It's by Zenit Aliu. And it comes out from Random House on January 23rd. It's about a Connecticut waitress who's working a sort of like dead-end job at a diner. Um, She meets a line cook who's here in the country from Albania Um, it's an improbable romance. She finds out she's pregnant and then things happen. Now it's 17 years later. Her daughter is, uh, having some issues. She gets suspended from school, like on the same day that she finds out that she gets into the college that she wants. She doesn't know where her life is going or really where she's from. She's never heard anything about her dad. So she sets out to find out about the father that she never knew. So again, that's called Brass and it's by Zenit Elliot. All right, we're going quickly. Want me to do, let's want to do another couple before we get to our next sponsor, just yeah. to space it out for, for the people. Yeah. All right, my next one is The Lost Girls of Camp Forevermore by Kim Fu. It comes out February 13th. A group of young girls at Camp Forevermore, which is a sleepaway camp in the Pacific Northwest, are, you know, they fill their days with the things that you fill your days with at summer camp. And then they set off on an overnight kayaking trip to a nearby island. But before the night is over, they find themselves stranded with no adults to help them or guide them home. And the book traces the five girls through this trip and beyond it um, to see successes and failures and loving relationships and heartbreaks. And I'm really, really hoping that this is going to scratch the itch that um, the Interestings by Meg Wallets are left in my heart for more stories about people who meet when they're children and maintain those relationships up through their adult lives and what those lives look like. So that's The Lost Girls of Camp Forevermore by Kim Fu. My next pick is That Kind of Mother by Ruman Alam. He wrote Mm. Rich... (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, I set up the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a Yoda excitement yeah, noise. That was awesome. Um, he wrote Rich and Pretty, and this one is coming out from Echo on May 8th. It's a novel that looks at the big questions about race, adoption, and parenthood. Uh, the main character is a new mother. She hires a nanny to help take care of her child. And there's some things that come along with that, like, you know, who is she that she has to hire a nanny to, like, help raise her child? Um, she becomes very attached to her nanny, um, who unfortunately dies in childbirth. And so the mother decides to adopt the baby. Um, but she is white, and the baby is black. And now she's learning, like, how she has two babies that she loves equally, but you know, will be treated differently in the world and what's that, what that is like. Um, so again, it's called That Kind of Mother by Ruman Alam. Do, I am so Do you want to make that noise that. again? What, I, <laughs> <laughs> that definitely was very Yoda. You know, um, a couple weeks ago, one of my, I had told one of my girlfriends about like a little dramatic thing that happened in my yoga training and she was relaying the story to her husband, but she misspoke when she was telling him about it and told him that there was drama in my Yoda training. And we did like a whole 25 minute text bit about Yoda teaching yoga. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty close. Like being a Jedi. Yeah. Move into downward dog, you will. (laughs) Oh, this could be a whole um, show. It's gonna be a yeah, whole, it will. <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> How about Come I tell you books, about our next stay for the sponsor? Silliness. Please do. Save me, Liberty. <laughs> our next sponsor is Owlcrate. Owlcrate is a monthly subscription service that delivers bookish fun straight to your door. Each box contains one brand new hardcover young adult novel, as well as a whole bunch of bookish keepsakes to help set the mood for your literary adventure. Every box is built with a super fun and creative theme in mind and also includes special goodies right from the author. Owlcrate also has a brand new box for younger bookworms, Owlcrate Jr., and it is perfect for readers aged 8 to 12 or anyone young at heart. Uh, so, so I, have, I haven't done this one yet. Have you done this one? The Owlcrate? I haven't. No, I don't read enough YA. I should probably do it so I can read more. That, that might be a way to fix that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it just, it sounds like lots of fun. I mean, like more books in the mail like yes please i say even though like the mail lady has left like the box the actually just leaves the box on my yep. steps the last few days she's just like here <laughs> i give you know? up yeah but you know i wouldn't say no to more book mail so it sounds amazing so again it's owl crate and we thank them for sponsoring we'll have a link to it in the show notes so you can go check it out for you or for someone for the holidays yeah, that would be a great But, gift. like, for you, really. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Best presents. One for me, one for you. Owl crate for everybody. <laughs> Owl not included. <laughs> um, all right. My next pick is All the Names They Used for God, a collection of short stories by Anjali Sashdeva. This piqued my interest first because it says it's for fans of Dave Eggers and Kelly Link, which are not names that I would normally put together uh, in terms of fiction style. So I'm interested in that. Uh, also, it says it's an exhilarating collection of stories that explore the mysterious and often dangerous forces that shape our lives from censorship and terrorism to technology and online dating. The stories span centuries and continents and have a diverse set of characters, and they are alluringly strange, which is one of the biggest bells that you can ring for me when you're talking yeah. about short stories. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. So that is All the Names They Used for God by Anjali Sashdeva. My next pick is, oh, it's a heartbreaker, but it's so, so good. It's Girls Burn Brighter by Shoba Rao. comes out on March 6th from Flatiron Books. It's about two young girls who are growing up in a poor Indian village 
Um, one comes to live with the other, and they become BFFs. Like, they couldn't be any closer. But then a devastating act of cruelty separates them. And it's about the journey of one of the girls to find her friend, which spans two continents and lots of tears. And, oh, it'll get you right in the feels. It's so good. So, again, it's called Girls Burn Brighter by Shoba Rao. All right, my next one is Enlightenment Now, Enlightenment Now, The Case for Reason, Science, Humanism, and Progress by Steven Pinker. Uh, This looks at the big picture of human progress. People are living longer, we're healthier, we're freer and happier uh, than, well, freer, maybe maybe freer and maybe happier, but we are living longer undeniably than we ever had before. And while our problems are formidable, Pinker argues that the solutions lie in the enlightenment ideal of using reason and science. So is the world really falling apart? Is the ideal of progress really obsolete? Um, And he looks at sort of creating an assessment of the human condition in this millennium. Um, Stephen Pinker is a cognitive scientist. He is a great thinker, a fascinating guy, and he's looking at how sort of the the headlines of today and the prophecies of doom play into our cycle um, into our psychological biases and says instead we should follow the data so in addition to the text of the book there are 75 graphs that show life health prosperity safety peace knowledge and happiness are on the rise not just here in the west but worldwide and the progress is not some result of like cosmic magic it's because of the enlightenment because humans became convinced that reason and science could enhance our lives and make them better. Um, So this is an assessment of that and an argument sort of for continuing to vigorously defend science and reason in a moment of public life that is trending towards tribalism and authoritarianism and magical thinking and alternative facts. Um, So I'm here for it. I've enjoyed a lot of Steven Pinker's other work. This feels very timely. I am uh, not surprised at all that this is what he's been thinking about lately. So that is Enlightenment Now, The Case for Reason, Science, Humanism, and Progress by Steven Pinker. That will be out February 27th. My next pick is Stray City by Chelsea Johnson. It's coming out from Custom House on March 20th. It's about a young woman Uh, Growing up, she had a very strict Catholic upbringing, and uh, her parents disapproved of much of of her life, and so she was not able to come out and say, you know, she was a lesbian. Um, But she gets away from her, you know, goes off to college. She gets away from her family. She's now living, like, her best life in Portland. She's, like, 24. She's an artist. She's having a great time. She's living out. And, but she has this one drunken night very, very drunken night where she ends up going home with a man and she gets pregnant. And much to the surprise of all her friends, she decides to keep the baby. Um, and now it's another no fa- father they didn't know story. I realized I just picked two of these books. Um, <laughs> it's a decade later, her daughter is 10 and she has questions about her dad. Um, and it they uh, it's described as an anti-romantic comedy. Um, so another, where's what's the story with my dad novel, which is... <laughs> But, I mean, everybody's raving about how great this is, you know, so. I was just waiting for us to have a serial killer novel on this list. Oh, I don't know if we have one. A serial killer who doesn't know who his dad is. There you go. That would be great. So, anyway, this <laughs> back to this one. It's called Stray City, and it's by Chelsea Johnson. 
All right. My next one is Don't Call Me a Princess, Essays on Girls, Women, Sex, and Life by Peggy Orenstein. It comes out February 27th. Peggy Orenstein wrote Cinderella Ate My Daughter and a follow-up book called Girls and Sex that address feminism and culture and issues of sex and sexuality and identity, womanhood and girlhood uh, in contemporary times. Uh, If you have read an essay about why it is so problematic that all the girls' toys are pink, there is a good chance that Peggy Orenstein wrote that essay. Uh, And this collection brings together uh, pieces that she's written sort of across a career of a couple of decades um, and has also an original introduction and some new personal reflections on each piece. Um, So this is like she has annotated her own greatest hits uh, so far. She takes on reproductive justice, the infertility industry, uh, the tensions between working moms and stay-at-home moms, pink ribbon stuff around um, breast cancer, not survivorship, breast cancer awareness, um, lots of complications of girl culture and the political climate. So um, I'm looking forward to it because I have read her books and I read her essays when they come across my desk or when I just see you know something come across on Twitter. But I'm sure that there's stuff I've missed. And so I'm looking forward to catching up on Peggy Orenstein. That again is Don't Call Me a Princess, Essays on Girls, Women, Sex, and Life by Peggy Orenstein. My next pick is Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. It comes out on April 3rd from Balzer and Bray. I almost said Baller and Bray. Like, yeah, that's cool, too. Rock on. Yeah, that seems appropriate. Yeah. Like, I remember <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago, she had mentioned she was writing a book about zombies during the Civil War era, and I was like, give me, give me, give me. So <laughs> That is straight from your <laughs> Yeah, so I was really excited. And yes, indeed, it is about zombies during the Civil War era. Um, the Battle of Gettysburg is going on, and zombies appear. Which sort of changes the whole course of history, because, like, what are you going to do? You know, fight a war or all of a sudden fight the undead? Um, so now uh, there's a young girl. I think her name is Jane. I'm forgetting. I forgot to write it in my notes. Um, but she was born, like, two days before the dead started to rise. And now she's she's older, and she is going to Miss Preston School of Combat in Baltimore. Um, awesome. Because there has... Uh, a law has been passed. It's the Native and Negro Education Act, which requires certain children to learn how to kill zombies. They're basically, like, raised to fight zombies. Um, and she just wants to return to Kentucky. She's not really happy where she is in Baltimore. But then all these families go missing. So is she going to stay and fight, or is she going to leave? But really, the whole basic premise of this book is that zombies are not the real problem. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> like, they're the least of the problems in this book, you know, regarding the Civil War era. Um, so it's just so much fun. Again, it's called Dread Nation, and it's by Justina Ireland. I cannot wait to read that. Justina is just so awesome. So awesome. All right. My next one is The Art of Vanishing, A Memoir of Wanderlust by Laura Smith. Um, when Laura Smith was 25, she was getting ready to get married, but she started to feel trapped, not by her fiance, um, because he liked the adventure that she also had an appetite for, um, but by this idea that it was hard to be both married and free. And she wanted her life to be different. She wanted her marriage to be different. And she came across this story of a woman in the, um, from the early 1900s who was a trailblazer who published a novel when she was 11. She enlisted as a deckhand on a boat, um, bound for the South China seas when she was 15 and was one of the first women to hike the Appalachian trail. But then in December of 1939, when she wasn't much older than Laura around her mid twenties, she walked out of her apartment on a quiet street in Brookline, left a fraying marriage and just vanished without 
a trace. And so Laura Smith becomes obsessed by this woman's story. And the art of vanishing is both her attempt to put together what happened um, to solve that mystery, but then also to explore marriage and the conventions that teach us that when we get married, we're supposed to like give up some of our things that we want for ourselves as individuals. Um, and so this is a bunch of things that I'm interested in sort of all in one book. I love travel. I'm interested in books about marriage, this mystery, and a look at how um, a woman lived an unconventional life almost a century ago. Um, it all just sounds really great. Uh, so that's The Art of Vanishing, a memoir of wanderlust by Laura Smith. My next pick is also nonfiction. Uh, I think I mentioned that I was reading this a, a few weeks ago. It's it's going to be like the word of mouth book of the year, I think. Like people are going to read this and be like, holy cats, you have to check this out. Um, because it's so extraordinary and fascinating and just amazing. It's The Trauma Cleaner, One Woman's Extraordinary Life in the Business of Death, Decay, and Disaster by Sarah Creniston. It's a biography of a woman named Sandra Pankhurst. Um, she's an Australian woman who was raised as a boy, uh, grew up in a violent home, uh, became a husband and a father, um, had then had gender confirmation surgery, uh, went on to work as a sex worker, and later became a very successful, compassionate businesswoman. And she started a business where she goes into homes of people who are hoarders, people who have you know passed away. Um, you know, people who have committed suicide and, and she takes, she does like what 99.9% .9 of the population can't do. She like goes through their, their belongings. She, she cleans these things up because a lot of people don't realize like, you know, who are you going to call when something like this happens? Um, and she's just, but she's just like so compassionate and her story is so fascinating and it's just, it's devastating. It, it'll just, it'll gut you, but it's so good. So again, it's called The Trauma Cleaner. It comes out from St. Martin's on April 10th, and it's by Sarah Craniston. All right. My next one is We Are Taking Only What We Need, Stories by Stephanie Powell Watts. Um, she's the author of No One Is Coming to Save Us, which was out, I believe, last year. Um, and this is a collection of 10 stories, many of them prize winning, uh, that look at working class African Americans across the South striving for meaning and searching for direction in lives that are often shaped by forces beyond their control. Um, in my Googling, I found that some of these stories, or maybe even all of them, were previously published by a small press um, in Kansas City. It looks like uh, this is coming out from Echo. Uh, so not entirely new work, but the first sort of wide release of this work and the first that I have heard of it. I didn't make it to No One Is Coming to Save Us, but it's been on my radar forever. And this collection of stories um, looks really terrific to me. So that is We Are Taking Only What We Need, stories by Stephanie Powell Watts. Echo is doing an awesome job because with like the reissuing of short story collections. Like they had the Jim Crace that came out this year. Uh, and also, just to mention really quick, next year they're reissuing Alyssa Nutting's first book, which was a collection of stories oh. called Unclean Jobs for Women and Girls, which is coming out in July. So that's, that's such a perfect exciting. title, especially for her. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited that it's going to get like new attention and it'll get back out there again. So that's really cool. Um, my next pick is Who is Vera Kelly by Rosalie Necht. Um, it's coming out from Tin House on June 12th. She wrote one of my favorite books a couple of years ago called Relief Map. I talked about that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, Amy Stewart, who wrote the um, Lady Cop series, she said the twisty, the twist, wait, I can't read my own writing, the twisty <laughs> literary woman-driven spy novel you've always wanted to read. Yes. Yeah. This just came in the mail the other day. Like I said, I'm having a hard time like picking what to read next 
because um, I want to read them all at one time, but this will definitely be going on my weekend reading. Uh, it takes place, it starts in, in New York City in 1962. Vera Kelly lives in Greenwich Village, and she's tapped by the CIA to be a spy in Argentina. Um, but then things go horribly wrong when she's there, and she learns, you know, don't trust the government. So it just sounds really fun, and I'm super excited for it. So again, it's called Who is Vera Kelly, and it's by Rosalie Necht. I'm just realizing that my selections are trending more towards nonfiction, but that's all right. I am pretty excited about no, that's good. nonfiction next year. Yeah. Um, so this one is When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter memoir by Patrice Kahn Colors and Asha Bandel. And there's a foreword by Angela Davis, which is pretty awesome, but it is the story um, by one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter and how the movement is born. Uh, it's a reflection on this movement. It's a reflection on humanity. And uh, the story asks us to remember that protest in the interest of the most vulnerable comes from a place of love. The leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement have been called terrorists. They've been called a threat to America. But in truth, these are loving women whose life experiences have led them to seek justice for people who are victimized by the powerful. Um, and this is one woman's account of survival, strength, resilience, and becoming an activist. So again, that's When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter memoir by Patrice Kahn Colors and Asha Bandel. It comes out January 16th. My last pick is also nonfiction. It's uh, Sick, a memoir by Porachista Kakpur. It's coming out June 5th from Harper Perennial. It's being compared to Brain on Fire, one of my very favorites, Ooh, yes. and also Darkness Visible, which is an incredible memoir. Um, and it's about her struggles with late-stage Lyme disease. Uh, it's the story of chronic illness, misdiagnosis, addiction, and search for recovery. And she's a phenomenal writer. You know, I've read a lot of her fiction. Um, I've also followed her on Twitter, so you, you sort of, like, see her struggles, you know, what it's like for her every day to live with this. Um, it just sounds fantastic. I just received it, so I'm really excited to read it. So, again, it's called Sick, a Memoir, and it's by Porachista Kakpur. Right. My last pick, and I can't believe we're already at the end of this show, is Fire Sermon by Jamie Quattro. It comes out January 9th, uh, and I will not be on that episode, so I'm going to talk about it now. <laughs> I loved her collection called I Want to Show You More, uh, which came out several years back. Just a phenomenal collection of short stories, dark and edgy and really honest and real. Uh, and this is a novel about a woman named Maggie who is totally devoted to her husband and their kids and to God until she starts what, well, it starts off as a platonic friendship um, with a poet and it becomes a little bit more than that. Uh, the novel goes into obsession and lust and uh, questions about salvation and faith. And I cannot wait to read it. I love Jamie Quattro. The cover of this book is fascinating as well. Um, you know, you get like story of an affair, but also wrapped in a whole bunch of big questions about things, which is just a thing like she does that so well in her short stories. I can't wait to see it happening at a novel size uh on a novel-sized stage. So that's Fire Sermon by Jamie Quattro, and it comes out next week, January 9th. Well, next week, by the time you're listening to this, still like a yes. month away for me. It's true. We could have grown a beard by then. Who knows? Well, well... <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> Anything, Anything can happen. Can happen. <laughs> so those are 20 of our most anticipated books of 2017. You can enter to win 20 of Book Riot's favorite books of 2017 by going to bookriot.com slash bookriottop20 and then crossing all your fingers and toes. Lib, what 
are you going to read next? I am in the final pages of Invitation to a Bonfire by Adrienne Selt. She wrote The Daughters, which I love, mm-hmm. love, 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 love. This one is a sort of twisty psychological thriller, which is based on the infamous uh, Nabokov marriage. And then I'm going to jump right into uh, Our Lady of the Prairie by Thisbe Nissen, which is coming out from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Both these books... Super teal covers. I'm thinking that teal is going to be the breakout color for book covers the way that, you know, millennial yeah. pink was this year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be nice. the, the cool co- color. I can't wait to read Our Lady of the Prairie. Like, when I was in college in Chicago, I stumbled on Thisbe Neeson's um, short story collection out of the girls' room and into the night in a little bookstore and oh. read it and just fell, like, hard and fast for it. It came out in 2000. Um, and I read her, uh, I think her next, her novel after that was The Good People of New York came out in 2002. It's been, like, forever since there's been a Thisbe Neeson book. I cannot wait. This is, was my uh, first encounter with her. I had no idea out of the girls room and into the night it's well right. I, in two in the year 2000 i loved it i haven't read it since then. <laughs> <laughs> but i remember what are you gonna early. read in the future i think i am going to read the art of the wasted day by patricia hample huh. which is a look at uh solitude and silence and leisure and so she visits the homes of several people from the past whose like main goal in life was to rest um that repose was their art form including 18th century irish ladies who ran off to live a life of retirement in rural wales um to michelle montaigne who's the hero of the book um who retreated from court life to sit in his tower and write down whatever was passing through her mind and hample braids her own life into these adventures to uh, also get better at lazing around and letting her mind wander and being lost in thought and seeing, uh, you know, what kinds of flights of the mind can happen when you allow yourself to have leisure. Um, seems like an interesting overlap with Bored and Brilliant, which I've been reading lately mm-hmm. uh, or listening to by uh, Manoush Zomorodi. So I'm interested in seeing how that might intersect. Nice. Yeah. So that's it. We've already kicked off 2018. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> now we're going to go to sleep until the 9th. Oh, wait, no. That you're sounds... not on that show. You're going to go to sleep until <laughs> the 16th. That sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, by the time I'm back for the show on the 16th, I will have been on a vacation, like in early January, and then returned. That's such a weird thing to think about. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So that is our show this week. Thank you to our sponsors, As You Wish. You can get more information about that at ChelseaSidoti.com and Owlcrate. Go to Owlcrate.com to get more information and to sign up. And if you want to drop us a line, you can do that at all the books at bookriot.com. You can talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you would like to help us kick off our new year with a little extra confetti, you could give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We would certainly appreciate that. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books coming out in 2018, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading. Happy New Year. Woo! <laughs>